Welcome to Elliott Hine Network One on YouTube. DCPS Career Technical and Education. I'm your host, Rhea Powell. And I'm your host, Eddie. Joining us as a guest on the show today is New York Times bestselling author, Jason Reynolds. Mr. Reynolds, thank you for being here today. Thank y'all both for having me. I appreciate it. What got you interested into poetry, and how did you know or realize that you liked it? Hmm. I was a 10-year-old. Uh, who discovered rap music. This is a long time ago. I'm 10,000 years older than the both of you. Uh, and back, back then, there was all this rap music and you used to have to buy what we call cassette tapes, right? Do you know what a cassette tape is? No? Yes? No. It's okay. You know what I mean? Your next project will be a research. You'll be doing some research on this. So the, as a cassette tape with these little, this is how we played music back in the day. You opened them up and they had these notes in them like a, like a pamphlet and you would unfold it and written on this pamphlet were the lyrics to every song. So I would go and buy tapes and I would read the lyrics and that's how I discovered poetry because as you all know, rap music is basically just poems with some music behind it. Now, the question, the other question is like, how did I, was, was what was the second part of your question? You remind um, me. How did you realize that you liked it? How did I realize that I liked it? It's a good question. I realized I liked it, one, because when I read them on the page and I was reading Queen Latifah lyrics or Tupac lyrics and all this and that and third, it made me feel something, just words without the music. And then I wrote a little bit of poetry and gave it to my mother and she read it at my grandma's funeral. And everybody said that they liked the way that the poem made them feel. And I realized, oh, poetry is power. And I always want power. And so as long as I have poetry, I have power, right? And that was the, re the moment I realized that I could do it. There are many stereotypes represented and look both ways. What stereotype do you think you fit into when you were in middle school and why? Mm. That's a good question. You know, I think uh, if I had to choose one of the, I'll, I'll, call them, I'll call them sort of character tropes, right? Because stereotype oftentimes feels or, or it connotes something negative, right? And there's no negativity in the book per se, but it's more like they are these different kinds of characters that represent different kinds of people, right? And so which one do I think? All of them, because they're all coming from me, right? I'm the kid that's scared. I'm the kid that's brave. Uh, I'm all the kids in the low cuts, right? I'm, I'm you know, uh, the, the kid, I'm, I'm the kid who's scared to go talk to the girl. I'm all of his friends as well. I'm the, the comedian who's, who's doing a show in front of the apartment. Like a little bit of everybody I think is me just because these these stories come out of me and they come out of a lot of real experiences I can relate to that I can be in your shoes yeah, yeah that's all that's amazing yeah. I next time I'll do it it'll be a kid with the microphone you know <laughs> and then and, and that'll be you for sure you know all right um what was the biggest setback you came across and what did you learn from it the biggest setback I've come across in my life or in writing and in, in, in the in uh, writing or in in writing or in my life, the biggest setback, you're asking some really existential questions, like hard hitters here. Like, you know, and if I start crying, are you going to be there to hold me? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Um, you know, the biggest setback in my life, honestly, was figuring out how to heal my relationship with my father. And I want to make sure I say this because I think, you know, sometimes when we have these interviews, people are like, let me find like the quirkiest, easiest. And it's like, no, 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 this is, a, you, this is a real question. So this is a real answer, right? My father and I sort of parted ways when I was 10 years old. But at 25, we fixed it. But it took a long time. And it took me getting older and learning more about myself and about life to understand who he was and how he was actually an amazing person uh, who did the very best he could 
And when I got older, I could see that. And I could see just how incredible he was and how some of the circumstances of my family had nothing to do with me um, and nothing to do with our relationship. Uh, it just took me a while to get there. And so how did I, how did I handle it and get through it? Uh, when I got of age, I, we fixed it and we talked about it and we healed. And it was the greatest thing that I was ever able to do because he's no longer with me. But I'll always be happy about the fact that we got to put it all back together before he left. All right. What's the craziest thing you ever experienced during your walk home from school? Oh, I'm not telling y'all that. You know, I mean, I mean, look, some things aren't for the camera, man. You know, microphones. You know, it's, it's like a snitch, man. I'm not telling you, man. No, I'm kidding. You know, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. A lot of the things in that book were things that we actually experienced. Um, the walk home always felt like private time. It always felt like this is the moment where, I mean, if you all walk home, if, if you've ever walked home, you know that like, all right, I have these few blocks to be exactly who I am because there's no parent and there's no teacher and there's nobody around, just me and my friends. And so this is when I'm going to like say the things I want to say and do the things I want to do. But I got just until I get to that door before I have to become, you know, this different version of myself to like respect my mama's house. Right. But when I'm outside, I'm outside. And I just remember that feeling of freedom more than anything else. Yeah, so I can I can actually relate to that. I'm definitely yeah. like a different person, yeah, like boy, at school and at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm looking at you. I believe it. I believe it. You know, one day I'm gonna catch you in the street, man. I'm gonna be like, yeah, where's your microphone? <laughs> you know better. You know. So, uh, what are you thinking about uh, doing for your career next? Oh goodness. Well, I'm already old, and so hopefully, what's next is a little bit of rest. You know what I would love to do? So here's the thing, if I, if I have to, if there's, a, if there's a second career, like let's say I want to stop writing, I would love to maybe go to culinary school and learn to and like be a chef or something. Or maybe make furniture. I mean, like we're sitting in these nice chairs, I would love to like make a chair, just to see what that's about. Like, like, that would be cool to use my hands to make something tangible that people can use or feed people. Um, but if neither of those things work, I'll be a professional beach sitter. It'd be so nice to just sit on the beach and do absolutely nothing for at least 20 years. That would be an incredible life for me. I mean, maybe fish, get in the water, dig my feet in the sand. That sounds amazing. That's really like, a, people say, what do you want to do for a living? Live sounds great. I would love to live, you know, and that sounds like life to me. That's, that's a lot of great ideas. Yes. All right. What does the school bus symbolize and look both ways? I'll never tell. I'll never tell. You know, why? here's the thing. In my, a lot of my books, you'll see some of this strange symbolism popping up. Um, I'll never tell because I don't want to ruin it for you. And I think it's up to you to sort of wrestle with what that might mean. It's up to you to ask your friends. Your teachers don't know either, right? Nobody knows. And they try to figure out what you think it means and whatever you come up with is the right answer. But I won't ever tell because I think it robs you of, of you being able to play and wrestle with your own imagination. And you need that, right? We all need that. Um, and sometimes not having the answer is the best answer because it allows you to really push yourself to come up with your own narratives, you know? So no answers from me. So it's up to our interpretation? Absolutely. And listen, if you ever see my name on the book, it's always up to your interpretation. Always. I like that. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome to the Elliott Hine Network One on YouTube. 
DCPS Career and Technical Education. I'm your host, Madeline. I'm your host, Ricardo. Joining us as a guest on the show today, New York Times bestselling author, Jason Reynolds. Mr. Reynolds, thank you for having us. My pleasure. Thank you all for having me. In your book, you have multiple protagonists. Which one would you say reflects you the most? Mm, multiple protagonists. Which one would I say reflects me the most? Oh, goodness. First of all, I don't even remember all the characters in this book. Uh, let me think. This was a long time ago. Let me think. I think the kid bit from the low cuts, who is like the knucklehead kid who, who really isn't a knucklehead. He's got a little bit of an edge to him, but he's really kind of a cupcake. He's a sweet kid trying to do the best thing for his mom, but it always looks different, right? It's like he looks like he's doing bad things, and he is kind of doing, he's kind of a hustler. He's kind of a, you know, uh, you know he's, he's a little all over the place, but then you realize that it's all because he's willing to do anything to make his mother feel better. That's probably the closest thing to me. It's easy to look at me and think you have me pegged, and then you realize all I really want to do is, you know, make sure kids are safe and make sure my mom is happy. And like, but if you see me, it's like, oh, he's probably this, that, and the third. And it's like, I ain't, no, I'm chilling. You know, I'm not interested in none of those things. It's a little love, a, a teddy bear, you know? If you had to choose one, would you rather write poems or books? If I had to choose one, would I rather write poems or books? It depends on the day. You know, I think, it, it, and what I want to say, um, the, the beauty of poetry, the beauty of poetry is that it's short. Yeah. And you know how it is. Like, I'm just like, y'all, I ain't trying to do nothing that's going to take too long, right? So, <laughs> so like, sometimes poetry is the way. Uh, and other times, though, I feel like I can't get what I need to say into a, a poem, and I have to write a little more. And so you get, you know, a book like this, or you get the books, you know, all the other books I've written. Um, I don't really have a preference. I think songs sound good, too. You know what I mean? Anything's good, you know. Who inspired you to write Look Both Ways? Who inspired me to write Look Both Ways? It's funny. This book, a lot of people, I think I live in a neighborhood, I won't tell y'all where, but I live in Northeast. And I sit outside all the time and I see the kids walk by after school and I hear them talking, hear y'all talking. And what I know about y'all is, one, y'all all got filthy mouths. And, <laughs> you know, y'all all got filthy mouths because I hear y'all talking after school. I sit right on my stoop and watch y'all walk by talking wild. And I think to myself, I did the same thing. And how when you get home, all of that's going to go away. You're going to tuck all that in because your mother going to be there, right? You're going to tuck it all in. You're going to lock it up. And you're going to become a very different person. And I also know you weren't that kid a minute ago when you were in school, right? But when you're outside and you're on your own, you really get to see who young people are and what they're thinking and how they're feeling, and how much pressure comes from friendships and things of that nature, and, what the, and what's happening on the internet. And like, I, I was always so inspired by that, just because I think it's funny, and also because I think it's normal. I think it's natural for you all to get out there and, and do and act and talk the way y'all do when nobody is watching, even though I'm always watching. So just make sure y'all know that. People like me, I'm, all, I'm on it, right? So if I see you out there, you know what I mean? I ain't no snitch, but I'm definitely watching, just so you know. You know? Who is your favorite character to write about and why? I really love, let's see, in this book, um, oh man, what's the, what's the girl, Say So, the girl who's a comedian, I really love writing about her uh, because I just think she's interesting, right? A little girl who wants to be a stand-up comic who's 
whose mom is in school, her grandfather owns the liquor store and like, you know, just real like city stuff, right? Stuff that we experience in the town. Uh, and I love that she's sort of this interesting person that wants to do something that I rarely hear kids say, right? It's like, I want to be a singer, I want to be a rapper, I want to be a ball player, I want to be a teacher. But I rarely hear a kid like, yo, when I grow up, I'm trying to be a stand-up comic, right? I want to make people laugh, even though we all know the kid who wants to make people laugh. Our classes are full of the kid who will do anything to make somebody laugh, right? But like trying to put put a career on that kid and build them into this other person, I think was really fun. And also the kid who I can't remember his name, but the kid who wants to go and talk to the girl, and they put like the the vapor rub on his lips, and his lips are burning, and they spray him with all this stinky cologne. Like you know, like what's that? I don't know if y'all still wear that Axe body spray. It's the stinkiest stuff. Don't wear that. It's so. And he, you don't want to wear no cologne you could buy from Seven Eleven. Okay. Don't no, don't put on none of that. You know what I mean? But like writing that was so much fun, just because I remember being that age and trying to. For me, it was my mom's perfume. I would go and like sneak in my mom's perfume and spray it all over my body and smell like a sixty-year-old woman. And it was, it was rough. So. How would you describe the process of writing and publishing a book? How would I describe it? Misery. No, I'm just kidding. You know, it's, have you ever had a class that was a hard class and the teacher that was really hard on you was a teacher and then three quarters of the way through, through the school year you realize this is my favorite class and even though she's hard on me and even though the class isn't that easy, I love it here. And I know that this teacher loves me and wants the best for me and can see something in me that I didn't know was there. And it turns out I do like math or I do like history or whatever it is. Even though you came into it like, uh, and, you, and when you walk out of the class, you're like, that was a difficult class. And I worked my butt off to get this B or to get this A. For me, it was a C, uh, unfortunately, uh, sometimes. And you're like, I, I, I got this grade, but I also feel like this teacher is a teacher I'm going to always pop it and see the next time, right? When I'm in class or when I'm walking down the hall, this is the teacher that, you know, we all got those teachers where you like, I'm not in your class this year, but I want to come and see you. I want to hang out with you and things of that nature. That's what it's like. This is a hard class for me every time. But I know that the, the process of making this thing, uh, at the end of it, I'll be grateful for this experience. I'll be proud of what I've made. The people who have worked with me on it, I will know for sure have my best interest and the book's best interest at heart, and I will continue to revisit it, which is why I'm still stuck in this school after 20 years uh, in this career. You know, that's what it's like. If you were an author, what would you choose to be your profession? If I was an author, you know, I, I always say a cook, a chef, or a furniture maker, just because I love those things. I love furniture and I love eating and cooking and things of that nature. But I, the truth is, is that it would be anything that had to, anything that would keep me away from an office, you know? So I would be a DJ, I'd be a barber, you know what I mean? Like I'm cool with, with whatever, like as long as I can, as long as it's interesting most of the time, nothing is interesting all the time, but like I would love to, to be able to have a new day every day and for there to be something interesting happening every day would, would be cool, whatever that is. I'll tell you what I won't do, teach. You know what I mean? You think I want to be stuck with y'all every day? You know what I'm saying? You think this is, this is my life? No, I'm kidding. But I, 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 the funny thing is that I did that too. I, can you imagine? I was a middle school teacher for one year. Can you imagine me? What did you teach? I taught language arts. Yeah, and I don't know if they learned anything, but we had a good time, <laughs> you know? I'll never do it again, though. Shout out to the teachers. We're very, I'm very grateful for you, because that's a special skill, special gift. And y'all should be easier on them, by the way. Take it easy. You have no idea what they're going through. They're doing their best for y'all.
This podcast is being brought to you by Elliot High Network 1 on YouTube. DCPS Career and Technical Education. I'm your host, Ricardo. I'm your host, Madeline. Have a great great day. day.